girl, can I start by telling you about the Natalie Maines fan site I always wanted to make? I'm not joking. I actually looked on GoDaddy to see if it was available. What were you going to call it? NatalieMainesAteMyBrains.com. (laughs) 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 I don't think I've ever made you laugh so hard at anything. All right, just quickly, you guys, before we get to the episode, I just want to remind you, if you want more laughs, if you're looking for more Jillian and me, get on the Patreon. At the $5 level, you get over 130 full bonus episodes to binge right this second. Girl, it's where we do our series, right? It's where we do, like, Making a Murderer, The Staircase, Serial. Yeah, The Jinx, Lorena, The Menendez Brothers, OJ. Lacey Peterson. Yeah, and we're also adding, like, little just fun little chats that we're having. Usually we do a little warm-up chat before the podcast, and now we're just throwing that up for you, too. We're checking in with you guys at the $5 level on the page, we're doing at least a weekly check-in on like how we're surviving under quarantine. Can we call it the You Okay Girl series? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I love it so much. You can also find our ad-free episodes. Check it all out. Patreon.com slash TrueCrimeObsessed or go to our website, click on the Patreon link. Support us. Love us. We love you. Check it out if you want. Yeah, we love you so much and stay safe in there. Stay inside. Yeah. (laughs) Can't stress it enough. Before we get into this, I want to tell you that I love the Dixie Chicks so much I could die. I could burst into flames. You know who I texted this morning? Who? Damien and Lori. Oh, do they love the Dixie? Oh, of course, of course, of course they do. Tell the people the connection. So the connection is Damien Eccles is part of what is known as the West Memphis Three with Jesse Miss Kelly and Jason Baldwin. And Natalie Maines is one of the celebrities who came out in their defense. Yeah. And she came out in their defense after all of this that we're about to cover came out. And what she did was she, she didn't quote learn from speaking her truth and, and sharing her voice which I love right. so much like right when this all the dust settled with this she was like oh by the way she went to like the Dixie Chicks website she made an official statement like from the Dixie Chicks <laughs> that the West Memphis Three were innocent and that Terry Hobbs who's one of uh, the, the boys stepfathers like his DNA was on one of the ligatures and you guys should all really be looking at him Terry Hobbs who's a piece of shit this is all in West Memphis ends up suing Natalie Maines <laughs> suing Natalie Maines for defamation of character or whatever the fuck and then and all the lawyers are like, great, so you can actually be deposed now for the first time ever. And he right. lost. And he had to pay her legal fees. Oh, my God. The first question I have really is like, who are these people who insist on fucking with Natalie Maines? Like, haven't they learned? <laughs> and I'm talking about her recent ex-husband who Gaslighter is about. Who are these people who think they can step to Natalie Maines? She wins every time. The United States and our allies are authorized to use force in ridding Iraq of weapons of mass destruction. Behind the growing build-up to war, there's also a growing anti-war movement. We're ashamed the President of the United States is from Texas. Try not to be judgmental of the president. I'll tell you why. He's got sky-high approval. The war couldn't be going better. They could send her to Iraq, strap her to a bomb, and just drop her over Baghdad. They're attempting to manipulate the American media. The radio station set up these garbage cans for people to throw out their CDs. They had the hottest song in the country, and it died. All these radio stations, they won't play them. We call an ass, and they won't. Says Natalie Maines will be shot dead Sunday, July 6th. The Bible Center is working with police to provide extra security surrounding the Dixie Chicks concert. It's easy for people to write ugly things and hateful things, but 
when somebody hates you so much for what you say that they want to kill you. They shouldn't have their feelings hurt just because some people don't want to buy their records. They shouldn't have their feelings hurt. What a dumb so in my lady voice today not since we did madonna's truth or dare on the patreon have i been so excited to talk about a documentary yeah me and everyone else is like girl when are you not in that lady voice but whatever the first thing i have in my notes is ew the weinstein company but we'll let that slide i texted you i was like girl it took me an exceptionally long time to watch this movie i have so many notes i just kept writing quotes from everybody like it's very quotable i'm just obsessed i don't even know where to start well so let me say this this movie has two timelines it takes place during 2003 and their tour for their album Home. It was the Top of the World tour, which mm-hmm. if you don't know the song, I'm going to sob every five seconds. Don't sob, girl. You cried in the after party last I, week. You got to keep know. it together. <laughs> so that's when they were at the peak of their fame. They were the highest selling female band of all time. They literally were on the top of the world. And then it also takes place in 2005, which is two years later, because during the Top of the World tour is when they have all the controversy and their career completely falls apart. And then two years later, they're in the studio recording the album taking the long way so it's like during the controversy and after the controversy and it cuts back and forth between both yeah so it opens with them recording the new album and it's like they're back like they're making their first like public outings in two years since this major controversy which is really what the documentary is all about right and so their guitarist is sitting there like reading some shitty message boards yeah and he's doing voices and he's like country music is a 90 percent bush supporting bunch these lame brains are talented sure but they're sticking a finger in the eye of their own customer Dixie Chicks, are they still around? I thought their 15 minutes were up a long time ago. Ah! I'm not going to read the next line. No, 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 no. Sure, these lame brains are talented, but aren't their 15 minutes up already? And everyone's kind of laughing, and I kind of love that they, like, don't give a shit. They're writing their new stuff and whatever. And so he's like, look, I'm not going to read the rest of this. And Natalie's like, no, come on, read it. We're not going to get our feelings hurt. Put a pin in getting your feelings hurt. Oh, my God. Put a pin in that. We're going to get right back to it in a little bit. So the members of the band are Natalie Maines, Emily Robeson, and Marty McGuire. And Marty and Emily are sisters. And by the way, I've watched a bunch of Dixie Ticks documentaries, and I thought that this was in this one. It's not. The whole, like, backstory of how they found Natalie is crazy. They had two singers before Natalie. One of them, like, was deaf in one ear. The other one they fired, and the next week she won the Texas lottery. What? Like, it's a, I'm going to find it. I'll put it in the group. It is a bonkers story about the Dixie Chicks before Natalie Maines. Also, how many Dixie Chicks documentaries are there? <laughs> Not enough, Jillian. Not enough. Asking because I want to watch every last <laughs> one of <know>. them. <laughs> so this is where we are, right? It starts at the beginning of them coming back. And then it immediately, we get the on-screen text that Jillian loves. And it says, three years earlier, 2003. And we see the Dixie Chicks singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. They are Grammy winners. They're about to kick off a world tour. They actually are on top of the world. This is where we learn. Dixie Chicks are returning to the road on their top of the world tour, which kicks off in London on March 10th. And after only three albums, the Dixie Chicks are now the best-selling female group in history. They're the best-selling women's group in history. Like, immediately I just heard six. Like, welcome to the show, to the history. (laughs) Totally. I'm just like, yes. And then I'm like, why are they at this Lipton Tea event? What's going on here? Yes, this is a big deal. Lipton Tea, the Lipton Tea Company, is sponsoring their Top of the World tour. I'm sure it was millions, maybe $100 million, 
whatever it was. It was a shit ton of money. And so the Dixie Chicks are like, you can just see that they are just there, like tolerating the Lipton Tea people who are comparing how the Dixie Chicks are redefining country music to how Lipton is redefining tea, you guys. Now, the Dixie Chicks music is rooted in tradition, but just like the Dixie Chicks are redefining the traditional conventions of country music, we're going to redefine tea and serve it up in a way that's new, full of energy, and frankly, is really refreshing. You cannot make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. And they're being so gracious. But now in the, to quote Lebowski, in the parlance of our times, tea <laughs> has a whole new meaning now. That's true. So they have this woman who's just this like corporate woman. And she's like, you know, I have the Dixie Chicks of redefined country music. And she's like, and we're going to redefine tea and serve it up in a way that's new and full of energy. And quite frankly, really refreshing. She's very newscastery. I'm like, Cheryl, what's going on here? Can we talk about, they're each like really defined characters too. Like, yes. like it's really, we'll get into it, but like each one of them has such a distinct personality that really comes through. Yes. You know, this documentary is so great because it doesn't edit around some very real human moments. And yes. sometimes you say things and you're like, oh, Marty, mm, it's an inside <laughs> thought, but you still love her. I will say that Marty is the one who says some of the things throughout this whole thing that like, you're like, oh my God, girl, I can't believe you said that. And then in the end of... Oh, I'm gonna sob. They give yeah. Marty the moment in the end that like is like the last line kind of of the movie and it is so yeah. beautiful and heartfelt. Marty, I love you! Girl, we gotta stay on track. You gotta keep me focused. You're gonna have to work real hard to keep me focused on this one. Oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. So it's 2003 and March 10th, we're in London. March 10th is a very important date. Keep that in mind. We're at the Shepherd's Bush Empire. It's a 2,000 seat venue and it's their first show of the tour. It's the first stop. It's sort of like they're just kind of getting warmed up and they gotta figure out how they're gonna do their hair because each one of them has their own hairstyle. Their hairstyles are amazing. I... Okay, okay, I'm gonna stay calm. So Simon Renshaw is their manager. He is so British. He is such a Simon. It's crazy. It's true. So he's like, ha, he's welcoming the crew. Hello, hi, yeah. welcome to the tour. Hello. Hi, I'm Simon Renshaw. I'm the Dixie Chicks manager and I just thought I'd take this opportunity to say hello to all of you and welcome you to the tour. Then immediately we just get backstage and remember like this is happening in real time. So this documentary was being made just to document their tour. So backstage Natalie is walking around and she's asking for what she calls a war update. And this is important because 10 days from now we will be at war with Iraq. What's the war update? Richard. They're moving troops that haven't crossed yet. The other thing that's really important to point out here is that in London on the day of their concert and like in the week leading up to their concert there were all of these protests against the American action in the Middle East. So they come up on stage and like this is on everybody's mind. This may have been the biggest political rally in UK history. Perhaps as many as a million people converged on the center of London to march and denounce American plans for war. And they know they're with their people in London because London just had 1.5 million people show up. They broke a record for the, the most people at a peaceful protest not a month earlier. So they kind of know what's going on. Yes. So they're about to perform Traveling Soldier. Oh my God! Natalie Maines says, it's like banter between songs. Just so you know, we're on the good side. 
with y'all. We do not want to tour. Just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We don't want this war, this violence. And everybody cheers. After yes. she says we don't want this war, this violence, it's like a deafening cheer. They're with their people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just in case it doesn't come through, this is what was quoted all over the media, which we'll get to. She says, we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. And everyone cheers and everyone applauds. When she says it, she kind of laughs and she's looking at Marty and Emily and yeah. they're kind of just like, you know, whatever. You can tell this was not planned. This was not a statement. This was not like the official position of the you know it was totally. just like she's talking and to the crowd about what's going on in the world at a, a small show it feels like it's just us listening and more than that like after the show is over they're all backstage like raising a glass to how great their first show of their tour went you know what for a first show it was awesome it was Man, definitely mission accomplished audience loved it it looked great you know one down, 99 to go. <laughs> it's on nobody's mind. Nobody right. thinks that that's a big deal. They're all just like congratulating each other on the success of their first show, and they're just moving on. And then right. all of a sudden, we see the news. And it turns out that The Guardian, which is like a paper from the UK, printed Natalie's comments. The comment was quoted by London newspaper The Guardian. In a matter of days, the London story was picked up by the Associated Press and printed in newspapers all over the United States. And all hell broke loose. All hell breaks loose, number one. Number two. Two, what people come back to time and time again is the fact that she said it on, quote, foreign soil. Natalie's comment, especially in foreign soil, just was a slap in the face. That quote made me crazy. So, so they're not in the U.S. at the time, and they're not going to be for weeks because that's how a world tour is. This was the first performance, right? They have all of the U.K., Europe. They have a ton of places they're going to go. So we get a lot of talking heads, and I don't want to waste time on many of them because there are a couple that I really need to dive into. <laughs> but someone's like, you know, Natalie's comment on foreign soil was a slap in the face and I'm like foreign soil like I know, I know it's not this country but like come on like it just trying to really pander to the Fox News crowd it's so fucking ridiculous so all of a sudden it's a big deal and now we're in a hotel room with the three women and their manager Simon and kind of nobody can believe what's happening but he's like so what I just did was I just closed down both the websites Right. Oh my no, god! No, hold on, hold on. I just and let me was the chat room part of it? Closed. They're just, just the chat room. Yeah. So the idea is we need to put a statement up on the website, and in terms of the American media, we need to have a statement to release the American media. Yeah, it's a big deal, and I closed down both of the websites. Apparently, there's two, and we need to get into damage control. We need to figure out what we're gonna say. And he's like, "Look, the area of concern is really what's coming from this country radio community." Now, yes. children, gather around. <laughs> Back in around 2003, the way things happened in the music industry was very different than it is now. What used to happen is that you would be signed to a label. You and the label, usually the label would have the upper hand, decide what the single was. And you would send the single to all of the radio stations. And based on the play that the radio stations gave you, you would get like more famous or less famous, essentially. It was all based on what the radio stations were playing. And the area of concern is actually what's coming out of country radio, which is a far more right-wing conservative. Really? <laughs> 
So Simon is saying, like, we have to come up with a statement for the press. And, like, the Dixie Chicks are, like, spitballing. Like, you can sort of see that Marty and Emily are a little bit like, well, Natalie said it, so she's the one who should really be responsible for the fallout. Like, you can see that happening. Marty's trying to put out the fire all around. Because yes. Marty's like, what if you just go something like, you know, I apologize, we we were at a smoky bar gig and I got a little carried away. What if we just apologize and say we were at a smoky bar gig and things just got a little carried away, y'all, maybe? And, and you hear Natalie and Natalie's like, Play it down instead of, this is what we it really... It is more serious. It's more serious. But it was meant, it was a mixed kind of... But it was true. Marty's like, yeah, but you were kind of joking. And she's like, yeah, I was kidding. Like, I said it in, like, a jovial way, but it still rings true. And so Natalie then gives her pitch on what to say. Here's the thing I think I should say. We have never been, or I, if y'all don't want to keep saying we, it's fine. It should be we. (laughs) Sorry, girls. But it should be we. Well, you know, we can say, or I, you know, if you guys don't want to keep saying we, like, we can just say I. She's immediately ready to take the fall, which is fucking amazing. And Simon's like, sorry, girl, it's got to be we. I see what you're trying to do, but it's got to be a we statement here. But then Marty, Marty, who I just love and adore. And honestly, like, I love that, like, they didn't shy away from, like, the things that people said that, like, they would take back if they could, of course. Totally. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, that's what makes it a good documentary. Like, it's so real. Totally. And again, remember, Marty gets the best moment of the documentary. Like, Marty's soul comes shining through at the end. But Marty says, and it's kind of like she's not even on camera. It's kind of a throwaway line. She's like, if anybody asks me personally, I'm going to go, hey, I didn't say it. Go talk to her. <laughs> If anyone asks me, I'm going to say, ask her. I didn't say it. It's the thing that you say when you think like there's no way this can become a big deal. Right. And then they all kind of laugh at her. And Simon's like, you're such a corporate kiss ass. And she's like, no, but like if they gave me the microphone, I totally say the wrong thing. And I'm like, like it kind of just did, girl. But again, <laughs> they really do think it's just them listening. They did not think. Remember, this happened hours ago. They did not think this was going to be a big deal. Right. And the other thing, too, is that then Simon, the manager, says this thing where he's like, so, I mean, I don't think that we should shy away from controversy. I mean, so, I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could get them, like, burning CDs and banning you from the radio? He's like, wouldn't, oh God, wouldn't it be just great? Wouldn't it be just so super if, if we could just get them burning your CDs? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And she's, and that's so not his version of British, but they zoom in on Natalie's face and I'm like, is that, are we in the Galapagos? Because all I see is no bitch coming from Natalie Mays. Good callback, girl. Great callback. It just zooms on Natalie and she's just sort of like, no, not at all. Who wants that? We work really hard. And then we start to see, like, it goes from zero to 100 so fast. The chick's number one hit, Traveling Soldier, quickly fell from the top of the charts. They had the hottest song in the country. All this stuff started, and it died. Traveling Soldier was, like, the number one single on country radio. All of a sudden, it just disappears. They're being banned from country music stations. This fucking radio station sets up a garbage can for people to come by and throw their CDs away. The radio station set up these garbage cans for people to come by and throw out their CDs. I liked them, you know, but for what they said, it's trash. It's like, I remember this America, and I remember how afraid I was living in this America during this time, where it was like, America! Yeah, yeah, yeah. People fucking throwing away their Dixie Chick CDs, like, so ready to jump on the bandwagon and just fucking hate these women. It was a sickening time. That South Park joke where it's like, America, if you don't like it, you can get out. 
like yeah. that. <laughs> like, exactly. And then we see a fucking steamroller. Another radio station sets up a thing where you can take the fucking CDs and put them down and a steamroller rolls over them. Some protesters used a tractor and their feet to smash the group's CDs. This footage is being juxtaposed because this is all happening in the U.S. And they're like in Ireland. They're just yeah. like living their lives, doing their tour, which for me, and I know for you too, we're all not to assign you anything, but we would be so anxious. All of this is happening and we like can't really be there. Yeah. Because totally. like no one in Europe is giving a fuck because they all agree. So exactly. like no one is caring about it. And then all of the, you're getting all these numbers and no one's playing your record and no one. Yeah. I mean, that would be so frustrating. So it's a whole mess in America, yeah. really, what's happening. <laughs> and we so we learned that the group that started this whole goddamn mess is a group called the Free Republic. It's like a forum message board. It's shittily made. It still exists. It's super terrifying. It's not news. It's just like a vacuum of people with the conspiracies and the drama and the hate and the nonsense. And it still exists. Right. They're doing that thing where they're relentlessly calling these radio stations to get them to ban the Dixie Chicks. And it works. That shit works. And we get Simon on the phone giving a statement to we don't know who, but he's like... An extreme right-wing group for their own political reasons are attempting to manipulate the American media and the American media is falling for it. The Free Republic is very well organized. There's definitely a Free Republic hit list with all of the radio stations they're trying to affect and they are totally focused and girls are going to get whacked. This group is super motivated. They're incredibly organized. They're attempting to manipulate the American media and the American people. And guess what? Every last one of you is falling for it. I know. Stop. They're not a reputable agency. They're just a bunch of people behind a computer. Stop. Hey, girl, guess what? What? The European leg of their tour is over. They're ready to go home and set the record straight. Oh, good. <laughs> a million things have really pissed me off about it. And I'm ready to go home and set their record straight. So we see they're in Austin. They're at Marty's house. They're having a fucking meeting. In attendance at this meeting is the Dixie Chicks, their manager, Simon, this like consultant that Lipton hired. And did you, do you know the other person in attendance at this meeting? Do you know who she is? Who is that woman with the big curly hair, right? Cindy Berger. She is the legendary PR person. She used to stay at the hotel that I worked at and I would talk to her sometimes. This woman is just all fucking powerful. And like, she doesn't get a much airtime in this documentary, but I love knowing that she was their PR person. And she's a little bit on the wrong side of history when we get to it. I was going to say, but I disagree with her when we see her at the photo shoot. So Michael is like the consultant hired by Lipton. He doesn't work for Lipton. He's just hired by them to really do some damage control or just see like what's going on. And he says something that's very important here. The issue is not that what, what, what has happened is that the issue is not what, what was said. It's how it, it's being reported and how it's been turned into something that is it's not. snowballed. I want this guy to be garbage. I want him to be the corporate dick that we hate, but I kind of really like him. Well, when he said that, I was like, hero bell for him. Like, Yeah, I 100% agree. And Marty, I think, is the one who says, like, this is good for us. Like, this has been good for our career. I think this is better for our career. I think we've gotten more I... attention than we ever were going Absolutely. to get. We were never going to be on the cover of Entertainment Week. We were never going to be interviewed by 75% Barbara Walters. We were never going to have these people who never... Never even knew but, who we were, but, cared to listen to our music, but but listen to but it. Hang on, but hang on. And that's fine. And I think when we apologize and we tell blah, 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 then our fans and that will all be smoothed out and worked out. That's how you know it's genuine. They weren't trying to stir up controversy. They were just being themselves. And now they're getting this kind of attention. It's incredible. Well, let's get to the Entertainment Weekly photo shoot, shall we? Oh, my God. I remember this Entertainment Weekly photo shoot like it was yesterday. I mean, this is legendary. It's legendary. So the Dixie Chicks are going to be on the cover of 
Entertainment Weekly, we see them like in this warehouse. They're all naked. None of them care. And they're getting these like tattoos on their body that say things like Saddam's Angels and Big Mouth and Dixie Sluts and Cindy Burger is not fucking here for it. But wait, hold on, hold on. We got to rewind a second. <laughs> Okay. First of all, they're not real tattoos. They're just like body paint. Correct. It's like tattoos, like fake tattoos for the cover. But it says words that are on all sides of the spectrum. It says big mouth, traitor, brave, peace, proud Americans. And then right next to Marty's like perfect, like stunning leg. <laughs> next to proud Americans, it says Saddam's angels. Yeah. And then like on Emily's arm or something, it says Dixie sluts. Look. <laughs> As a publicist, I get why Cindy is really not excited about this. Because what she's saying is, she's like, Dixie sluts? Jesus Christ. Yes, they've been branded, but I don't think, I think you're giving too much credit to the American public. They're not that smart. I don't think the average person's going to get any of it. Then we're fucked if that's the case. She basically thinks the American public is too stupid to get the point of what they're trying to do. And Simon agrees. Simon's yeah. like, well, I don't think the average person is going to get any of it. And Cindy goes, well, then we're all fucked and storms <laughs> off. And I don't know how like your voicemail is it like when people call you and you don't answer why it's not like Cindy going Dixie sluts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's what it should be. <laughs> When she said that, I I was like, why isn't that like your mantra? Dixie sluts? Jesus Christ. Ah, so the next thing they're getting ready for is this interview with Diane Sawyer. And we're back to this Lipton consultant that I want to hate, but I just won't. He's literally handing them binders. He's like, we've analyzed every Diane Sawyer interview from 1847 through today. He has like the math on it about like the tone and how she's going to ask the questions. And if you did this, this is the question she's going to ask. And that's what makes him an excellent consultant, honestly. Yeah. And he he says something he's like look try not to be judgmental of the president i'll tell you why he's got sky high approval the work couldn't be going better by the time this interview airs he's likely to be at the highest point remember this is two weeks out the looting will be done the rebuilding of iraq will be started saddam hussein will most likely be dead or found out it, i'm just telling you two weeks from now it's going to be even a more positive situation try not to be too judgmental right. of the president <laughs> and he's saying this because at this point bush's ratings were sky high yeah they were like in the 90s like 90 percent approval ratings and he says something where i'm like oh this seems so gross but he's like all business we talk about this a lot with like cops and lawyers where they're just trying to get to the bottom of what happened they don't really say it with any heart he's like yeah. the war is going great and i'm like no I <laughs> Yeah, he's like, in two weeks from now, it's going to be better. So if you could just try to not be too judgmental of the guy. And Natalie's like, I mean, I don't know. So then we, we actually get to the interview. And the first thing that Diane Sawyer says is like, Are you ashamed that the president of the United States is from your state? <laughs> no, I'm not truly embarrassed that, you know, President Bush is from my state. That's not really what I care about. It was the wrong <laughs> wording. Am I sorry I said that? Yes. Am I sorry I spoke out? No. Natalie laughs. It's my favorite thing. Natalie is just not fucking here for the bullshit. She laughs in Diane Sawyer's face. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, and Natalie and I, I mean, again, Natalie, just like be my friend. I know. It's like I, I don't want to be weird about it. But I do feel like she did one of those things where she's like, you know what we just went through, right? Like, you know who we are and you know what was said. Are you seriously asking me that? Do you know what we're about to go through, girl? We're about to go through Diane Sawyer putting her fucking finger in your face. In my face. She puts her finger in your face and I literally have written out in my nose get that figure out of Julian's face <laughs> she, she literally says pointing at you and Marty and Emily but you can't tell me that at no point the two of you however much you love her 
however much you understand her, that you didn't say, why did she do that? Oh, when she said that, yeah, I didn't write it in those words. Yeah. But yes, get that finger out of my face, Diane. Look. (laughs) But then Marty says this great thing. Marty's like, partially why our audience has um, allowed us to get to where we are today is because they like her the way she is. I have in big letters. There you go, Marty. (laughs) You're going to say that about me, right? When I eventually say something. It's the thing that I say about you all the time. People like you the way that you are. (laughs) For better or worse, girl. (laughs) You guys, Jillian just leaned fully into the phone. (laughs) Because when we get the boycott, Steve, remember this. Because, Steve, you're going to have to play Simon. Wouldn't it be great if they just boycott you, you know? They just give you you a full boycott. Wouldn't it be great? We get these like moments where the Dixie Chicks are doing like, I don't want to call it a press conference, but they're sitting like in director's chairs in front of a whole bunch of people. And it's all like radio people or whatever. Yeah, it's a press event. It's a press event. And somebody says to them like, how are things been going since this whole Bush controversy? How are things going for you guys now? Album sales are definitely down and we don't get played on the radio but the one positive natalie is saying the one positive thing to come out of this is that no one's playing our music so we don't have anyone to answer to musically we can make whatever kind of fucking music we want we don't want this to be our legacy we want our music to be our legacy and uh, one positive with that is it's sort of opened the door for us to do anything musically that we want to do now without feeling any pressures that we have to please because we don't really have anyone to answer to as far as radio is concerned cut to 2005 in Los Angeles and they're making their new album. Yes. They're breaking all the rules. So it cuts from them in the studio to them hanging out with like mega producer Rick Rubin, right? Legendary producer. Rick, I'm I'm standing. Tell us about Rick Rubin. Like, who is he? Oh, my God. He's like the co-founder of Def Jam. He he worked with the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and the Chili Peppers and, like, Johnny Cash. He's been... Give him a gook. He's arguably one of the most important music producers, like, of our time, at least the last couple decades. Good change. This chorus melody is good. And the, the chords and the melody are strong. It's worth pursuing, even though you don't like it. But I would rewrite all the words. I think the I think the pre-chorus and chorus, musically and melodically, are really strong. I'm just missing a connection to the lyrics. Just rewrite. You'd rewrite them for yourself. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> you rewrite. No, I'm kidding. But then you won't feel a connection. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about him, though? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it would be okay for him to put on pants when the goddamn Dixie Chicks come over? The guy is sitting in his pajamas listening to Natalie and the girls play demos of their brand new fucking album. And I get that he's a genius. He's wearing pajamas. Could you put on some pants? I hear you. And usually you know how I feel about this. But I feel like if Rick Rubin's going to listen to something I did. I know. I'm just going to go into Rick Rubin's space and just say, see what's up. We now learn that the Dixie Chicks completely predate Natalie Maines. So, like, Emily and Marty have been doing this band since 1989. I didn't know that. And we only learn this because we meet Natalie Maines' dad, Lloyd Maines. Oh, sorry. Uh, was that solo to country? I like the net choices. I don't know if that would be the <coughs> one. but kinda... That good. one sort of weird thing you did, I wish it was right. more of that. Got it. But everything you're doing is awesome. Quit sucking up. <laughs> I gave him a side gook. He's a 
very respected studio musician. And he was saying that, like, look, back in the day, I was, like, gigging all over the place. I was gigging with the fucking Dixie Chicks long before my daughter was in the band. And we were making a demo of Natalie because she was trying to get into the Berklee School of Music in Boston. I was playing a uh, gig with the Chicks in Dallas or somewhere, and I just gave them a cassette. You know, it wasn't really pitching her at all. It was just like, hey, check this out. It's my daughter. Uh, I, th I think it was about a year before they even heard it. I mean, they, they, they kind of left it in their motorhome. But apparently Marty and Emily must have kept it in the back of their mind. And, and when they uh, decided to change lead singers, they called about Natalie. They like popped her tape in and they're like, oh, this bitch can sing. And they called Lloyd and they're like, girl, get her over here. And again, I tell you, you guys, go find the documentary. I want to say it was like a biography. Maybe it was like an A&E biography of the Dixie Chicks. And you learn like the crazy backstory of their two previous lead singers. It is a fascinating fucking backstory. Well, we're in quarantine. So usually it's not a handheld yeah. mic. Usually I'd be googling, <laughs> but I can't. I can only do so much. Now we're hanging out with Simon, the manager. And he's telling us like, look, I met the Dixie Chicks in 1994 back when it was like Marty and Emily and like some other lead singer and he's like there they were and they had their hair really big and they had the hoop dresses on and the spangles and the cowboy hats and they went on stage and they performed these songs which were pretty bad but basically western swing very old-fashioned very not contemporary and they were like really pretty and they could really play their instruments but like their music was really bad and like really like tammy wynette style like old school country music he goes up to them at like probably the country fair and he's like look if they had a willingness to kind of like change direction moving more into a contemporary country music space there actually could be a really interesting slot for them yeah, and one thing I really didn't like about this, though, yeah. I, like, it's fine. It's a cute story, whatever. But, like, he has this, like, photo of them in the produce department of the Pillsbury Bake Off. Wait, I love this story. Was he kidding? Well, he says, like, look, like, anytime I book them somewhere that they don't like and they complain to me about it, I show them this picture of them singing in the produce section of a grocery store and being like, who booked that one, girls? Just remember, who booked this show? Ah, yes. This is 1996. This is the Pillsbury Bake Off. And that's in the, uh, which department is this in? Oh, that's the produce department they're playing in. A fantastic booking. One that I had nothing to do with. The girls handled this all by themselves. You handled that, that booking all by yourself? Yeah, my notes say he throws that in their faces when they question his decisions. <laughs> I've been inside for a long time, girl. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I liked the story. I loved seeing that picture of them playing the produce section. I loved that. Mike was like, it looks like they're on a set. I know. Like, there was so much stuff. There was like, and it's like, they did pretty well for themselves, Simon. But can you imagine, you guys, dreams can come true. You can become a doctor of the shit you read on the internet. You can also go from playing the produce section of a grocery store to being the number one selling female band of all time. And look, we encourage right. it. <laughs> so now we're back to 2005. We're back to the recording studio. And like Marty, again, I love Marty so much. Marty is the me in this group because she's so afraid that all of this is going to go away at any second. Yeah, and like, she's just like, I really want my career to get back on track. I need it. <laughs> I mean, this is more than just a job. This is a lifestyle. It's a, it's part of our lives. So I think just recently, um, I, I thought, God, I just really hope we can get our career back on track. 
because I need it. And really, she's saying, like, they're putting their hearts and souls into this. They've been through fucking hell, and they really want people to know. So now we go back to 2003. So they're still on the top of the world tour. Like, this is mid-controversy, right? Yeah. The controversy started in March. This is May, and they're in Greenville, South Carolina. And this is going to be their first concert back in the United States. So they're kind of, like, ready to face the music, and they're also kind of, like, mad because they don't feel like they have anything to apologize for. But we're seeing, like, all of the crowds outside of the venue and we get all of these protesters being like be proud of your country be ashamed of the dixie chicks in my opinion they're ignorant and they don't know what the hell they're talking about you support the dixie chicks you're supporting communism you're supporting traitors we're tired of the anti-american voices we're tired of the anti-war voices we also cut to bill o'reilly like this is like a really famous moment this is what i really want to talk about he says on his show with a woman talking head these are callow foolish women who deserve to be slapped around Absolutely. He says these are callow, foolish women who deserve to be slapped around. And the woman guests. Her name is Rebecca Haglin, Hagelin. She goes, absolutely, Bill. <gasps> <laughs> but how on earth was that allowed to be a thing that was allowed to be said on TV? Well, let me say something. We hear the ditzy twits. We hear yeah. these are the dumbest bimbos with all due respect. This is all I must say on Fox News. It's not news. It's just right. like a propaganda machine. So but to hear a woman go, absolutely Bill. <gasps> I just, I said to Mike earlier, the more and more I see women agreeing with shit like this or just being like shills for stuff like this. I said, I just feel tired. It just makes me want to go to bed. The anger yeah. Yeah. isn't yes. always there anymore. It's just like these piece of shit women are always going to fight against women who are speaking out. And it just makes me want to curl up in bed and go to sleep. I mean, that breaks my fucking heart. But maybe this will get your adrenaline pounding because President Bush is asked about the, a wartime president is asked about the Dixie Chicks. And he actually has a statement prepared. And he says, I mean, the Dixie Chicks uh, are free to speak their mind. They can say what they want to say. And just because I mean, they shouldn't have their feelings hurt just because some people don't want to buy their records when they speak out. I mean, it, 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 you know, freedom is a two-way street. Cut to Natalie Maines literally looking into the camera of the documentary saying, they shouldn't have their feelings hurt. What a dumb fuck. You're a dumb fuck. And then, so this is the moment where, like, they're in Greenville, South Carolina. It couldn't be more in the South than that. And they're, like, about to go up on stage. They know the South is real fucking mad. And you see them, like, going to their places. And, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to throw shit? Like, what's going to happen? And, of course, everyone anxious to find out here what happens when the Dixie Chicks go before a live audience for the first time. 14,000 Dixie Chicks fans ready to go. Feels real good. And as the risers are coming up, the fucking concert opens with Goodbye Earl. Goodbye Earl! I'm screaming my fucking gay head off. The audience is on their feet. Everyone is cheering and singing. And it's like, oh, I was sobbing during this part. It's like, yes, I'm just like freaking out. Yeah. And in my notes, I say, I mean, it looks like everyone's having a pretty good time. Local news. And then Natalie says this thing that like, it's one of the things I remember the most. She's like, They said you wouldn't come, but we knew you'd come, like, sobbing, sobbing. And then she talks about, like, hearing booing. And she's like, no, girl, it's okay. Booing is okay. We have a plan for this. We have a plan for that. Ooh. Too soon, Natalie. (laughs) All right, I have some booze. We have a plan for this. If you're here to boo, we welcome that. 
because we welcome freedom of speech. So we're going to give you 15 seconds to get whatever you have out. So here we go. On the count of three, you can start your, uh, your boot. All you can hear is the screaming. Girl, it is time to talk about that garbage monster, Toby Keith. I know I know, you are ready to spill the tea. Okay, well, here's the Toby Keith tea. Lipton, are you listening? <laughs> Toby Keith is a monster. Yes. So Toby Keith is one of those country artists who was really like making money off of the 9-11 tragedy. Oh. And has been doing it for years. So he's one of those guys who's like, just like, oh, I'm gonna wear red, white, and blue and black. Like, he's one of those assholes, right? Yeah. So he has this song about like shoving a boot up your ass or something. It's some like poorly written song. And while he's singing some very violent song, in the background on his shows, it's like some poorly photoshopped image of Natalie Maines like canoodling with Saddam Hussein. Right. And it's a CD cover and it's called the Dixie Duo song Songs of peace and love. And it's all about like putting a boot in your ass is the American way. And Natalie doesn't like it. I just have a, a quick question regarding uh, things that have been happening with Toby Keith lately. Uh, he was in town a couple of weeks ago with uh, a little bit of a video poking fun at you. What are your thoughts on that? And is, you know, is it all just in fun or is there any seriousness to what's going on? Oh, it's not in fun for me. <laughs> I don't appreciate what he does in his show. Uh, with my picture and um, he has not been banned for that. Because her point is like he hasn't been banned. Right. He hasn't been given a stern warning about that. Like this is ridiculous. He's defaming me and like this is sucks. And then their whole back and forth where Natalie Maines is like it's just a poorly written song. It makes country sound ignorant. Yeah. Like that sucks. And then Toby Keith's response was She say my song's ignorant and it's ignorant for her to say that because she's not a punk writer. So she said anybody could write boot in your ass but you know, she did. Yeah, anyone could write it, Natalie, but you didn't. Right. <laughs> so it goes on this whole thing that I, like, love, where Natalie Maines is like, can I wear a fuck Toby Keith shirt? They're, like, backstage at a show, and I'm obsessed with this. You don't mind if I wear a shirt that says fuck Toby Keith? I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you $1,000 that you won't wear a t-shirt that says fuck you, Toby Keith. I should wear a t-shirt that says I love Toby. No, I'm not I love TK. That. F-U-T-K. Somebody shouts out, like, what if the shirt just said F-U-T-K? So someone, like, bedazzles a shirt for Natalie that says F-U-T-K, and then she looks right to the camera and she goes, Fans united together in kindness. Um, it's fans united together in kindness. I don't... It's amazing because what happens is it becomes like a fucking movement. You see all these women outside the concerts, like across the country, wearing F-U-T-K shirts. And this like young girl, she's like... My shirt means freedom, unity, truth, knowledge. And I was like, girl, when we get back in front of an audience, when we get to do our live shows, I'm getting a t-shirt that says freedom, unity, truth, knowledge. Yes. Oh my God. I want one. Bedazzle it. Totally. So then we have all these fans like caring about the movement and we get this again, a woman DJ says, personally, I think they should just shut up and sing. And spoiler, they don't do it. Right. No, of course they're not going to do it. God, of course. We wouldn't be here if they did it. (laughs) Exactly. So now, you guys, it's time to talk about the Natalie Maines death threat. Right. So now we're back to 2003. Yes, June 2003, and it's after a show. And Natalie is handed something from, like, the head of security. And she opens it, and it's a death threat. It says, Natalie Maines will be shot dead Sunday, July 6th in Dallas, Texas. 
It says Natalie Maines will be shot dead Sunday, July 6th in Dallas, Texas, which is like their next date. And look, Texas has very lenient laws with guns and weapons, and they are terrified about this. Right. So like the head of security is saying like, we have a guy, this is like who we think it is. As everyone is talking about this around Natalie, you can see her processing it and you can see the look of like absolute terror on her face. And then she makes a joke when like she sees the mugshot of the guy. He's kind of cute. He is. He's a good looking guy. Oh, she's you. Yeah, totally. But the look on her, like, she's really scared. You Terrified. know, like, this is a really scary thing. So then we get this moment where the Dixie Chicks and Simon are standing, like, in a circle talking about it. And Natalie straight up wants the National Guard to come to Dallas. And Simon's like, well, how about the Texas Rangers? Like, and Marty, this is an, one point where Marty says, I am horrified by this. And she goes, I mean, I know how vulnerable I feel. I can't imagine how Natalie feels. Standing up there, you feel so naked. So naked. The Dixie Chicks are, we know, they're an entity. They are a group. But Natalie Maines is a target. Yes. And so Marty's saying, if I feel vulnerable, my God, Natalie must be terrified. So now it cuts to the day of them. Like, it's the day of the show, y'all. And we're with Natalie. And it's like, you know, a couple hours before the show, Natalie does what anybody would do. She calls her sidekick. Natalie, <laughs> I love you, as you've heard for the last hour. And she refers to herself by her married name. She's like, it's Natalie Pazdar. Hi, Zvia. This is Natalie Pazdar. You gave me a reading um, about a year ago, probably. Um, I just want to know if you feel like I'm in any danger or if I'm uh, safe. Uh, so please give me a call. Thank you. Bye. Just wondering if you think there's any danger in my immediate future. As in, like, you know, later today. Give me a call, bye. <laughs> and then they're in Austin because one of them lives in Austin. They're taking a flight to their show in Dallas. And this is where I have, oh, my God. I know we're in the middle of, like, a death threat crisis. But this fucking private plane is so fucking fancy. And when do we get one? It's soups fancy. And then they go into this armored car because they're like, you guys. Because we meet one of their tour managers. And she's like, they're not going to have feet on the ground without anyone <laughs> around them. They're going to go from the. <laughs> this to that to that and like to the stage so then they're backstage at the show and like you know I was saying that like this moment could have been done really badly in the documentary it could have been really like overly emotional or it could have just been I don't know it could have been done in poor taste and it wasn't because look I've seen this documentary I know what happens and I still was like on the edge of my seat and you see Natalie hugging her like garbage husband Ugh. and then they're all like walking to the stage The most amazing part about this is like as they're walking to the stage afraid they're going to fucking get shot. You're hearing the track of them recording Not Ready to Make Nice mm -hmm. in the future. I was like, this is all happening through the track of Not Ready to Make Nice and I am hysterical. Hysterical. And of course, like they get up onto the stage and like nothing happens. Like they're fine. They don't get shot. Right. But the idea that the fear was put into their hearts, you know, that's infuriating. It's fucking terrible. And now we're back to like present day and they're recording Not Ready to Make Nice. Nice.
this is like their big breakout song. Like if you don't remember this, like after the wake of this like whole controversy, they recorded Not Ready to Make Nice because they weren't going to apologize. They weren't going to back down. They weren't taking back anything that they had done. They didn't feel bad about it. And it's this whole thing where like, you know, we learned that country music radio stations aren't playing the song. The Dixie Chicks may soon cause a stir with lyrics from their upcoming album. This single, Not Ready to Make Nice, is not big on the radio and is really not big on country radio. The Dixie Chicks have all but challenged country music stations to stop playing their music. So we get this great moment where they're all backstage with Simon again, and Simon is saying, like, look, Sony's really worried. So, girls, one thing that did come up today in my meeting with Sony, the big concern that they have is we really don't know what's going to happen at radio, what they're wrestling with is they're wrestling with expectations. They look at you as the act that they expect to drive more sales with than any other band on Columbia releasing an album this year. We know that radio is not going to play this album very much, so they want you to do as much TV as possible. Right. And he starts, like, throwing out names. And Natalie says this thing, and she's like, I- I'm sorry, I don't mean to, like, interrupt. It's amazing. Natalie is lying face down on this couch. She's like, basically looks, like, <laughs> yeah. as defeated as possible, and she says this fucking amazing thing. Okay, Regis can I just and- throw this out there? Yep. Can we decide what kind of artist we want to be right now? Can we be the Bruce Springsteen and the Bob Dylan? Not that I'm comparing our music and ourselves to them, but... Do we have to be on everything that they'll let us be on? And the thing about it is that, like, they do this on their own terms and their album drops and all of a sudden their album is number one on Billboard and on the country music charts. As we expected, Dixie Chicks' album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and, of course, on our country albums chart as well. Everybody is talking about the Dixie Chicks. They're right there on the cover of Time magazine. They've got a number one selling album and didn't have to depend on radio to do it. It's incredible. And it's also a turning point for the music industry, really, if you think about it. They were so reliant on radio and now they're not anymore. And that's a really big deal. So, like, we're getting to the end. And, like, this is the thing I was teasing in the beginning where, like, Marty, Marty said a couple things throughout that are just really honest that, again, I'm sure she would take back if she could. But it's this two-camera interview with Marty. And, you know, I imagine the question is, like, how are things different and how are things the same? And Marty says, you know, Natalie still feels the pressure. And she says, oh, she says, no matter how many times I tell her what happened was the best thing that ever could have happened to me and to our careers. She still blames herself. She still holds herself accountable. And then Marty starts to cry. And she like puts her hand over her face. And she says, I just think she's still, she still um, feels responsible. And if she came to me tomorrow and said, I don't want to tour, I don't want to record anymore, I don't want to do this, I care for her, I'd say okay, I'd give up my career for her to be happy and be at peace. And it's so beautiful. And like, I can tell you, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Natalie came to them and said, I don't want to do this anymore. They took like 10 years off and the Dixie Chicks were like willing to do it. But before that happens. Yeah. The documentary ends. We're back. As Natalie says, we've returned to the scene of the crime. Oh my God. We're back at Shepherd's Bush. They're on tour for their new album. I have chills everywhere because Natalie's like, you know, people keep asking me because, you know, they've done a couple songs and, you know, like bands do. They do a couple songs and then they talk to the audience. And she's like, you know, people keep asking me what I'm going to say. And as usual, I don't plan. As usual, I uh, didn't plan anything, but I thought I'd say something brand new and just say, 
Just so you know, we're ashamed the President of the United States is from Texas. Just so you know, we're ashamed the President of the United States is from Texas. And the crowd goes fucking wild. And here's, here's the thing. You know who doesn't and will not end on forgiveness? Natalie goddamn Maines. Yes. And I love her for it. And I, I love her for it. <laughs> We got to do it. We did it. We did Shut Up and Sing. We've been talking about doing this documentary from the very beginning of making this podcast. I know. It was it was so good. And I just, you know, I love them. So ladies, if you're listening, loving you. We are loving you. Can't wait to hang with you. Just going to put it out there. Can't wait to hang with you when it happens. Exactly. You guys, don't forget, if you want more Jillian and me, if you're looking for some stuff to laugh about to keep you company during this weird bonkers time, check out our Patreon. It's over 140 full bonus episodes to download right this second. Girl, that's where we do our series right so it's like making a murderer Lorena don't F with cats the jinx we're gonna do McMillions and uh, Natalie Holloway and OJ and the disappearance of Lacey Peterson yep. it's everything you've ever asked for it's all on the Patreon we also have ad free versions of these episodes so much stuff if you want to hang out with us there go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or click on the Patreon link girl what are we doing next we are doing the case of JonBenet Ramsey that was on CBS, I believe. Yeah, a couple years ago. It's crazy, you guys. So it's a two-parter. We're going to do it in two parts as well. It reunites all of the original investigators. You guys, our old friends are back. Werner Spitz is here. Yeah. Um, the blood expert guy from The Staircase. Like, all of our friends are coming to hang out with us. Girl, where can they find us? They can find us at truecrimeobsessed.com. That has your episodes, your promo codes, the merch, all that good stuff. The calendar, what's coming up next. They can find you at Jillian with a G on all the things. Yes, and you are Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram and at Patrick Hines on Twitter. We're also True Crime Obsessed podcast on the Instagram. Check us out there. We do stories and stuff all the time. We're going live a lot. Come hang out with us on Instagram. Yep. You guys stay tuned for the trailer for The Case of JonBenet Ramsey and our ridiculous over-the-top outtakes from today's episode. Over the top. <laughs> and we love you. We love you. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Let me address very directly, I did not kill my daughter, John Bonet. God knows who you are, and we will find you. The list of suspects narrows. There's a, there's a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? What? Is it the same as you know? I don't know. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Patsy, 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 Patsy. So you try to solve a homicide, but a homicide doesn't exist. I did not kill Jean Benet. I love that child. We do not have sufficient evidence. This little girl's homicide to this date has been unresolved. In my opinion, I think we can change that right now. We have five different motives in this one crime. It makes no sense. The most important thing is to go where the evidence takes us. Do not ever, ever contact me again. Unbelievable. We want to get the truth out so that John Bonet can rest in peace. I 
have. Oh, now we're at home with Marty. Oh my God, her husband Gareth is so hot, I'm gonna die. I knew you were gonna lose it. Oh my God, Marty's husband is so hot, I can't breathe. Marty's husband is so hot, I Googled shirtless pictures of him. Like I, <laughs> how am I supposed to live another day? He's so hot. I can't live, I can't Look, live. I have to die now. I am the world's biggest Dixie Chicks fan. My friend Mike turned me on to them, and I remember like their first album was called Wide Open Spaces. Yes, it's in my head. Wide Open Spaces. I know, and I I remember listening to it like not wanting to like it because it was country music, and I loved it so much. And I just sent him a text that said the text, or maybe it was an email, and the subject line was Wide Open Bullshit. Yeah. Like I was so <laughs> mad that I was such a big fan. Like who's on the other side of Goodbye Earl? Like if you don't love Goodbye Earl, then get the fuck out of here. It's so good. Ah! I saw this in the movie theater. I love this. I mean, I'm gonna lose. I am going to spontaneously combust. I love this movie so much. I have chills on my face. I was, cause I was listening to it this morning, obviously, cause yeah. I'm not a monster, but Silent House, like I can't, I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> Silent House is so amazing. Oh my God. Oh, I'm freak, I'm freaking out. Quite frankly, very refreshing. <laughs> frankly, refreshing. Do you think there's any chance Natalie Maines is listening right now? I'm, a, I'm like a degree away from Natalie, so. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, I love you so oh much. My oh my God, I love you so much. Okay, 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 I'm gonna be normal. And Emily and Marty, please, we're obsessed. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm not comparing ourselves directly to the Dixie Chicks. Like, I'm not saying we have the exact same amount of talent. No, I can't play the fiddle. But at some point, we see them on their tour on a private plane, and I think, we take planes on our tour, but it's not private, girl. When do we get our private plane? I want my private plane!